great, has it not? We thank the Lord for that. I want you to take your Bibles tonight, please, and turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1. I want to give you something that God helped me with a number of weeks ago, and I just will hope I can convey it to you like God gave it to me. Acts chapter 1 in your Bibles, and when you find your place, if you'll stand with us tonight out of respect for the reading of God's Word, if you're able to stand, that is. Acts chapter 1, and we're going to begin in verse number 1 and read down through verse number 8 tonight. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 1. The Bible says, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait. For the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost part of the earth. If we, have a, if we had a text tonight, I think it'd be verse 4. And the Bible says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. That's interesting. But wait. For the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. You may be seated tonight. And just for a few moments, I want to talk to you about the promise of the Father. If I had a secondary title, I think I'd title it this, The Importance of the Spirit in the Life of the Christian. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about the Holy Spirit tonight. And uh, we're not, I don't think we're going to be long tonight at all, but we'll hope you'll hear me, hope you'll hear me out tonight. Let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Father, thank you. It's been a great day today. It's been so good to be back, Lord, together as a church family. And we thank the Lord and we praise the Lord for your blessings. Father, I know that still many of our church family are not here. And I pray that you'll bless them tonight. I know, again, many are watching. Some have reached out and let us know that they're watching tonight. And I pray that you'll bless those that are physically here and those that are watching by way of the live stream. And Lord, somehow I pray that you would minister in both areas tonight. Father, I pray that you'd clear the way now. The best I know how, I plead the blood of Jesus over the service, over this people, and even over this pastor tonight. And God, I, I believe with all of my heart that the powers of darkness do not want this message to be heard. Because, Lord, if we grasp it, it can literally... It can literally change a life. And so, Father, fill us with the Holy Spirit now. God, I pray that you'd give us that unction, that smearing upon of the Spirit of God. 
And Lord, if there may be any that are here tonight that are lost or maybe any watching tonight by way of the live stream that have never been saved, I pray tonight would be the night that they would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I pray you'll help us now, Father. We love you. We pray that Jesus will increase and that we will decrease. Father, we thank you. In Christ's name we pray and for his sake and all God's people said, amen, amen. I believe tonight that Acts chapter 1 and verse number 4 is possibly the most pivotal, pivotal verse of the entire New Testament. And without a doubt, without a single doubt, it is a key verse in the life of every Christian under the sound of my voice tonight. We notice here in Acts chapter 1 that Jesus challenges the apostles to wait, to wait in Jerusalem. And so the Lord comes and he says to his disciples, fellas, I'm getting ready to ascend back to heaven. You're getting ready to carry on the ministry here. But he said, don't, don't leave Jerusalem just yet. He said, I want you to wait until the promise of the Father. Don't venture out until you receive the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father, what is that? Well, it's the bestowing of the Holy Spirit of God. By the way, I think they missed it. When the Lord told them that, I think, I think it just sort of went over the, the disciples' head. We notice here, and I honestly, I believe this, I believe the disciples were focused on higher government when Jesus was talking about Holy Ghost. And look, if you will, back at your Bibles, Acts chapter 1 and verse number 4, the Bible says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days since. Now look at verse 6. And when they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And they were thinking government. And that's not what the Lord was saying. And he said unto them, And it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and turn back to the book of Luke with me, the gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 24, last chapter of Luke, uh, Luke chapter 24, and we find here the same story recorded toward the end of Luke's gospel. We find the Lord Jesus Christ again challenging his disciples to tarry until they be endued with power. Look at Luke chapter 24 and verse number 49. The Bible says, and behold, this is the Lord speaking, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. And then he says this, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Now, don't miss this tonight. What's the message that Jesus is trying to share with his disciples? And the message is this. The journey that you are about to embark upon, you can't handle outside of the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, fellas, I got a big job for you to do. He said, man, it's going to amaze you the power that you're going to have. But he said, don't, don't venture out. Don't leave Jerusalem. He's saying this, for what you're about to face You've got to have something more than just yourself. The message is this, spirit, fullness, 
is essential. It's imperative. And you cannot live without it. I want to talk to you a little bit about that tonight. And I want to to show you some things that happened when the disciples waited. And I want to show you some things that happened when they were filled with the promise of the Father. The Spirit of God came inside them. Uh, Take your, your Bibles and look at Acts chapter 2 tonight, if you will. Acts chapter 2. and just, I just want to give you three thoughts tonight, and then we'll close with a major thought. But uh, I want you to see, number one, we notice that we see an endowment of spiritual gifts. Look, if you will, at Acts chapter 2 and verse number 4. The Bible says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, I want to say something, Calvary Baptist Church. Don't let that bother you. And don't let that throw you. It's in the Bible. We ought to preach on it. And so I want you to understand something here real quickly, that that the disciples weren't just speaking some kind of gibberish that nobody could understand. They were speaking in languages that other people from other dialects and other places could understand. Look what it says. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Now this is the point. Uh, Things that they couldn't possibly do before, now in the power of the Holy Spirit, they can now do. Things that were before impossibilities are now absolutely possible. Now here's the thing. They weren't possible before, but they're possible now. And the only reason they're possible now is because they have been filled with the Spirit of God. I hear Christians say sometimes, you know what? I could never do that. Preacher, I could never stand behind a pulpit and preach to a crowd. I could never do that. I have, I, you know, some people say, preacher, I could never sing a special like Tim and Hannah uh, did tonight or uh, Brother Michael and Miss Krista this morning. I mean, I just, man, I get up here, I get the heebie-jeebies and I get nervous and my palms get sweaty and and uh, man, I just, you know what, I'd clam up and I, I, I just, I can't sing a special in front of a, a church like that. Preacher, I can't teach a Sunday school class or stand up in front of folks and, and teach a Sunday school lesson. Or pastor, I don't think that I could ever come down to the altar and do personal work and, and pray with somebody at the altar. Or preacher, I don't think that I could ever share my faith with someone. And I want to say tonight, you know what, you're right, you're right. You can't preach a sermon and you can't teach a Sunday school class and you can't sing a special and you can't play an instrument and be effective outside of the power and the feeling and the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God. But you know what? What you can't do, he can do. I remember many years ago now, my father-in-law at the time was was our, our youth leader at the church and and he taught uh, a youth class, teenage, mostly teenagers, I think, a teenage class. And, and uh, I was a little sweet on Miss Tammy at the time. And so I was hanging around at their house. And, uh, and I, I can still remember where we were. We were uh, still sitting in what used to be their living room, sitting on the couch there. And I can remember Steve saying to me, he's, he, uh, he said, why don't you teach the class this coming Sunday? And I looked at him and I was like, you, you must be joking. You're, you're serious? He said, absolutely serious. He said, why don't you teach the class? 
I said, me? He said, yeah, you can do it. I said, man, there's no way. I can't, I can't teach a Sunday school class. He said, yeah, you can do it. He encouraged me, you know, and so, uh, or encouraged me or talked me into it or something. I don't know. And, uh, man, I began to study. I mean, I, I remember, man, I was so nervous, and I began to study. I, I can remember laying uh, in the living room. I guess we were married then. Yeah, we were married then because I can remember laying in the living room and uh, studying. And I remember I, I wrote out six pages of handwritten notes, front and back, six pages. I thought, man, this is going to take a while to get through all this. And so, man, I studied and got it all together. And, and that Sunday morning, uh, you know what? We got to the class, and, and I'm sure Steve probably did some prayer requests or something like that. And then he said, well, you know what? We've got a treat for you today. And he said, Stephen's going to come up, and he's going to teach our class today. And so, uh, man, I walked up there standing behind that podium. Man, my knees were knocking. I was shaking. I had six pages of handwritten notes. And you know what? In two minutes flat, I was done. I mean, that was it. Honestly, man, it was the biggest, it was the most epic fail that you've ever seen in your life. I mean, in two minutes, I went through all six pages of notes. And, and I sat down embarrassed and and uh, ashamed, and, and uh, Steve had to get up there somehow and fill in the rest of the time, you know. And uh, you know what? Just an absolute failure. And, I'm gonna, I, and I said that to say this, that you know what, Calvary Baptist Church, I would still be a failure tonight was it not for the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, do you know tonight that you need his endowment in everything you do? Not just in preaching, not just in teaching, not just in singing. Did you, did you know tonight that you need his endowment as a spouse? You need his fullness to have the kind of marriage that you ought to have? Did you know tonight that you need his endowment and the Holy Spirit as a parent in raising good kids. How many know this? That man, when you raise good kids, it's a battle. It's a fight to raise good kids, clean kids, pure kids in a dirty world. And mom and dad, can I help you tonight? If you want to be the right kind of parent, if you want to raise the right kind of kids, the best thing in the world you'll ever do for your children is to make sure that mama and daddy are filled with the Holy Ghost. Truth of the matter is, you can't raise good kids and I can't raise good kids, but thank God if we'll allow the Holy Spirit to work through our lives, he is able to do what we cannot do. We need the fullness and the endowment of the Holy Spirit in everything we do. How about this, number two. Not only do we see the endowment of spiritual gifts, but number two, we see the explaining of a special message. Would you look back at Acts chapter two again, look at verse number eight. Acts two, verse eight. The Bible says, and how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia and Egypt and the parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. Look at this last line. We do hear them speak in our tongues, here it is, the wonderful works of God. Well, these, because these disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, they were able to explain a very special message. And might I add tonight, they were explaining this wonderful message to a very difficult crowd. Hey, Calvary, let me help you tonight. Did you know if you're depending on your power, your intellect, your talent, your personality, if you're depending on you, 
you're probably never going to lead a whole lot of folks to Jesus Christ. You're going to have a hard time. You say, wow, preacher, man, if I tried to, if I tried to soul win, if I tried to talk to somebody about the Lord, I'd get my words all messed up. I'd get my, I'd get all tongue tied. I wouldn't say the right things. I'd say all the wrong things. And here's the thing. You know what? Even filled with the spirit of God, you still may get your tongue tied. But did you know that through the power of the Holy Spirit that you can be the soul winner that God wants you to be? Did you know it's got to be the Holy Spirit that works through you and on the lost? You don't have to turn there. Let me, give you, let me just give you the verse. Romans 15, 15. The Bible says, Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God. Listen to this, verse 16. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, here it is, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. In other words, when you and I give the gospel out, it must be sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Hey, church, very simply tonight, this is what I'm saying. If you and I try to do things in our own power, we're sunk. If we leave Jerusalem before we get filled with the Holy Spirit, we're in trouble. If we try to have the right kind of marriage without being filled with the Spirit of God, we're in trouble. If we try to raise the right kind of kids, if we try to have the right kind of business, if we try to be the right kind of employee, if we try to be a, an effective Sunday school teacher or a musician or a singer, listen, thank God for the talent that God has given our people at Calvary to play an instrument, to sing a song. That's wonderful. But I want to tell you tonight, if you get up here and do it in your own power and your own talent and depend upon yourself, you know what? You're never going to reach people like you ought to reach people until you get serious about being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. That's all I'm saying. It's got to be the Holy Spirit that works through you and on the lost. I remember, and this is an old story, but I haven't told it in a long, long time. I remember years ago, we had a bus family that we would go by, I'd go by and I'd see them every Saturday. And these two kids, they rode the bus faithfully. We'd go by on Saturdays and, and just visit them, check up, make sure they were ready for church on Sunday. And uh, the mother... Uh, the mother came to our church some, and she was always very nice and very accommodating and uh, sweet. She had a sweet spirit. And uh, anyway, she was in a relationship with a man. His name was William. And William, on the other hand, uh, and he was, a, he was a, just a giant of a guy. He was a hulk of a guy. He was a black fella. And William, if William ever came to the door, he usually came to the door with his shirt off. And he was just ripped, man. I mean, just a big old guy. It looked like, honestly, I'm, and I'm not, not just saying this, it looked like William had been shot several times. He had scars, looked like bullet holes. And he was never very nice, never went out of his way to really speak to you, just sort of abrupt. And, and uh, you know what? We would knock on the door, and if William answered the door, uh, you know what? He'd just sort of walk off and get the kids. And the kind of guy that you want on your side if you get in a fight. Well, I remember going by one Saturday evening and uh, went to the apartment there and knocked on the door. In fact, I think the screen door was open. I knocked on the door and, and the mom came to the door and I began to strike up a conversation. I said, we're just checking on the kids. Yes, preacher, they'll, they'll be coming tomorrow. And uh, I noticed through the screen door, I could see William in the house and, and uh, I could hear a basketball game going on. 
and uh, William was in the basketball game, man. He was smoking a cigarette and watching the basketball game. And, and anyway, while I was visiting with the mom, the Holy Spirit said, you need to talk to William. You ever tried to carry on a conversation with somebody and the Holy Spirit at the same time? The Holy Spirit said, you need to talk to William. I said, Holy Spirit, William don't want to be talked to. He said, no, I'm just telling you. He said, you need to talk to William. You need to witness to William. I thought, Lord, that man don't want to hear me. He don't want to talk to me. He don't want to hear what I've got to say. And You know, the whole time, man, this is going on. The Spirit of God speaking to my heart, and I'm trying to have this visit. Uh, you know what? I was, I was stubborn. I really was. Long story short, uh, you know what? I finished the visit. I left the house, got in my car. I drove out of the, the apartment complex, going down one of the main roads there in Statesville. And it was like the Spirit of God spoke to my heart. And he said, I'm just telling you. He said, the further you drive, the further you've got to go back. I finally turned around. I drove back to this apartment complex. I'd just been there five minutes before. Got out of my car. I walked down to the house and knocked on the door again. And uh, the mom came to the door and she said, yeah, Brother Steve. And I, and I, just, I just told the mom, I said, I'm here to see William. She's like, okay. She said, William, preacher's here. William got up and come over, come over to the door, and you know what? I didn't say, hey, William, how are you having a good day? It's good to see you. Honestly, when William came to the door, big old giant guy, I said, William, God told me to come back and talk to you. When I said that, he said, oh, come in. He opened the door. I walked in the house. He said, have a seat. He took his cigarette. I'll never forget. He took his cigarette, put his, put his cigarette out in the ashtray. It was a special tournament, some kind of special uh, tournament with a basketball. And he went over and turned the TV completely off. And I, I began to give William the gospel. And that big old giant hook of a guy, he was. He looked like he was strong as 10 horses. And that little old, that, that, that big giant hook of a man humbled himself down like a little, little lamb. As I began to give him the gospel, and I said, William, would you like to be saved? And he said, preacher, I would. And he bowed his head right there in that living room and called out to Jesus Christ and asked Jesus to save him. Now you say, preacher, what in the world? What done that? What would cause a big old guy like that? Maybe, maybe that's been to prison. Maybe a guy that's been shot. What would cause a, a, big, a big guy like that to humble down like a little lamb? Are you listening to me tonight? It was not my talent. It was not my Bible college education. It was not my intellect. It was not my knowledge. Let me tell you what it was. It was the power of the Holy Ghost of God that done that. Listen, I'm just saying this. What you cannot do, thank God, he can do it. And by the way, can I remind us tonight that Satan will lie to us. And he'll try to tell us people do not want to hear that Jesus stuff and that religion. They don't want to hear what you've got, what you want to say. Just right up here at the Shell Station, sometime back, several years back, I'd put in there and get a little gas. And, and there was a biker, motorcycle guy that pulled in right beside the island where I was. I mean, full-fledged, Harley Davidson, leather, long hair. I mean, looked like a, he looked like something straight out of the Hell's Angel book. I mean, just a tough-looking guy. And here I am minding my business, pumping gas on the other side of the island, and the Holy Ghost said, you need to give him a track. 
I said, Lord, that man eats tracks for, for breakfast. <laughs> he don't want a track. Holy Spirit said, you need to give that man a track. I thought, Lord, if I walk across on the other side of this island and give that man a track, he'll cuss me out. <laughs> He's liable to slug me if I try to give him a gospel track. And the Holy Spirit would not leave me alone. And I thought, Lord, he don't want a gospel track. Lord, he doesn't want to be saved. God, he doesn't want to hear about church. He don't want it. Lord, he won't appreciate it. And but finally, you know what I did? I gave in. I walked across the island. I pulled out a gospel track. And I said, hello, sir, how you doing? Can I give you a gospel track? You know what? Leather jacket, long hair, Harley Davidson. One of the nicest guys you'd ever want to meet in your life. He said, man, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. You know what? The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. We need the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We see an endowment of spiritual gifts. We see the explaining of a special message. But how about this? Number three, and last of all, we see the enlightenment of Scripture. Now stay with me here. We see the enlightenment of Scripture. Acts chapter 2, and look at verse number 15. The Bible says, for these are not drunken. Here Peter is speaking, and he says, for these are not drunken. As ye suppose, seeing it's but the third hour of the day at nine o'clock. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Skip down to verse number 25. Boy, these guys are really preaching it. He says, For David, Speak, uh, David speaketh concerning him. I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. Wait a minute now. We see the Holy Spirit here is helping these men. You say, preacher, who are these men? These men are fishermen. These men are guys that are used to, uh, uh, they, they know how to use bait. They know how to skin a fish. They know how to throw a net. These guys are fishermen. These guys are sailors. They know about the water. They know how to, how to hoist a sail. These are men that are tax collectors. And yet we see these men understand the words of Scripture. Boy, here they are just explaining the Word of God. Here recently, and I wouldn't embarrass anybody for the world, but here recently, we've had some folks that have reached out and they said, Preacher, I just can't understand that book like you do. Preacher, I try to read it, but it don't do anything for me. I mean, I try to read it, but I'm going to be honest, it's confusing. It doesn't make any sense to me. And church, this is all I'm saying tonight. Did you know if you're going to learn this blessed book, you can't do it on your own. It'll be done when you wait for the promise of the Father. You say, preacher, man, I want to learn this book. How can I do it? Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Get filled with the Spirit of God. And the more and the more that you get filled with the Holy Spirit, the more the Spirit of God will teach you what this book is all about. Now, I want you to, we're, we're about done. But I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I felt like this was important enough that you needed to see it tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and look, if you will, at verse number 13. If you're here tonight and you say, Preacher, I, I try to read the Bible, but it don't do anything for me. I try to read the Bible, but I don't understand it. All right, let me help you tonight. Look at, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and look, if you will, please, at verse number 13. 
The Bible says this, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. Here it is. But which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Look at verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. Because they are spiritually discerned. Now listen to me, church. This is so simple tonight. This is all I'm saying. If we're going to grasp this book right here, it'll be by being filled with the Holy Ghost. You know what people think? That being filled with the Spirit of God is all about miracles and all these kind of things? No, listen. If you want to learn this blessed book, you know what it's going to take? It's going to take you and I being filled with the precious Holy Spirit. Did you know the Bible says He's our teacher? John chapter 14, verse 26 says this, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Dr. Jack Howes was on an airplane. This has been years ago. He was on an airplane. And uh, anyway, they got seated and got their seatbelts all fastened, got up in the air. And he looked across the aisle, right across the aisle from him, there was a lady and she was reading one of his books. I think it was Blue Denim and Lace or something. And he thought, wow, she's reading one of my books. And so they got, got going a little bit and, and so he just didn't, t- didn't tell her who he was. He just said, uh, boy, I see you're reading the book. She said, yeah. He said, what do you think? She said, well, I'm gonna be honest. I don't understand this house guy. I mean, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to understand what he's saying, but man, I'm just, I've read this and I just cannot, I just cannot understand it. He said, would it be okay if I took a few minutes and explained to you what that book's trying to say? He said, hello, I'm Jack Howes. And you know what? For the next little while, he took a little time just to start explaining what the book was trying to say. And all of a sudden, it was like a light turned on. And the lady said, I see it. I see it. She said, I I understand it. It makes sense now. Listen to me, church. If you and I, if we're going to understand this blessed book, you know what it's going to take? It's going to take the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I know for too long Baptist churches are not preaching on the Holy Ghost, and we've let other uh, people scare us away from the Holy Spirit. But I'm just saying this tonight. You know what? The fullness of the Spirit of God is imperative. It's important. It's essential. You've got to have it. I've got to have it. If we're going to be the church we ought to be, if we're going to be the people we ought to be, if we're going to be the preachers we ought to be, if we're going to be the teachers we ought to be, and the parents we ought to be, and the Christians we ought to be, we're going to have to be filled with God's Holy Spirit tonight. We're about done. Think about this. If I were to ask you tonight to name some Bible characters, now think with me, because I may even ask. If I were to ask you to name some Bible characters that fell into sin and absolutely ruined their testimony. I wonder what you would say. Let's put it to the test tonight. Anybody want to just give me a, an example of a Bible character who just failed, 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 fell hard, lost her testimony? Stacy, David. I had him down. He did, didn't he? Boy, he blew it. By the way, the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. But David blew it. And uh, adultery, murder, scandal. 
Oh, my goodness. And David was a great man. He's one of my favorite Bible characters. But, boy, David really stumbled, stumbled hard. You're right, David. Anybody else? What do you think, Chuck? Samson. Yes, Samson. You know what? I don't think I had, I, I didn't have Samson down. That's true. Samson was a judge of Israel. And yet, Samson, boy, he couldn't handle women, could he? And uh, cut his hair off, lost his power, lost his eyes, lost his life. And boy, that's true, Samson. Miss Gay, I saw your hand. Who else? Peter. Peter did. Peter denied the Lord. He denied the Lord. Fifty-some days later, he's preaching at Pentecost. That's true. Anybody else want to take that? Somebody just really stumbled hard and lost their testimony. Brother David? Lot, yeah. I think I've got Lot down. Well, Lot, that's one of the saddest stories you'll ever read. I mean, just a terrible, just almost too terrible to read, Lot. Now, I want to I wanna just bring this thing to a close. Think about this. Most of those who just absolutely ruined their testimony and fell into sin, most are in the Old Testament. You know what? You would be harder pressed tonight to give me a long list of New Testament Bible characters who fell into gross, immoral sin and ruined their testimony. You know why? Because as New Testament believers, we have the indwelling of the Spirit of Christ. Samson didn't have that. The Holy Spirit came upon them at times. The Holy Spirit came upon Samson, but Samson didn't know what it was to be filled with the Spirit of God. Lot didn't know what it was to be filled with the Spirit of God. David, although David was a great man, David didn't know what it was to be filled with the Spirit of God. But you know what? Thank God we have the Holy Spirit that leads us and convicts us and guides us and strengthens us. And because of that, you know what? We have something they did not have. The Bible says in John chapter 15 and verse number 26, but when the comforters come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Uh, John 16 verse eight, when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number three, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We have the Spirit of God to help us. For years and years and years, I've been given an illustration. You've heard it. Many of you have heard it. There was a missionary that was talking to a, a tribal chief, and this, uh, they had taken the gospel to this tribe, and the chief got saved. The missionary came back through, and, and uh, he was talking to the chief a little bit about, about the Christian life, and, and he said, how is it? And this chief said, well, he said, it's like having two dogs inside of you. He said, there's a white dog. And then he said, there's this black dog. The white dog represented the spirit and the black dog represented the flesh. And, and he said, these dogs are fighting all the time, fighting all the time. And the missionary said to this tribal chief, he said, well, which one wins? And the chief said, the one I feed the most. Well, that's true. That is true. But I want to, you know what, after the Lord gave me this, I want to amend that story greatly. Did you know when you're filled with the Holy Spirit of God, 
God fills every fiber of your life. You know what? That white dog is likened unto a Rottweiler, like a bull mastiff, like a Doberman pincher on steroids. And that black dog is like a Yorkie poo. That's right. You know what, church? We underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, you know what? Sure, the devil fights. The devil's fault tonight. But if you have the Spirit of God living inside of you, you have the, you have the Rottweiler, you have the Doberman Pincher living inside you that can conquer the flesh. Now we're done. But I want you to take your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 8 tonight. We're done. I'm going to finish with this verse tonight, Romans chapter 8. And look at verse number 1. I never saw this verse like this. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 1. Now, we're talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, the Bible says, There is therefore now, now that you've been saved, now that you've been spirit indwelt, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. We're done. We're done tonight. You're here tonight. You say, preacher, I am struggling with something. I'm struggling with an addiction. I'm struggling with a habit. I'm struggling with some kind of sin in my life. Can you give me some advice? I can. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. You say, preacher, I'm having a hard time in my family or our home or raising our kids or trying to be the parent that I ought to be. Can you give me some advice? I can. Get filled with the promise of the Father. You say, preacher, when I get up here and sing, I don't want to just get up here and sing, but I want to I influence and I want to, I want to impact lives and I want people to fall in love with Jesus because of my song, because of my playing on an instrument. You say, preacher, do you have any advice? I can. Get filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And the more you get filled with God's Holy Spirit, you know what? The more God's going to use you to do great things for Him. Let's bow our heads tonight. I know tonight, man, I sort of struggle to get through this tonight. But I'm hoping somehow the message got through. I just wonder tonight. Man, if God would just burn something in somebody's heart tonight. And you'd walk out of here tonight and you'd say, man, it's not about talent. It's not about knowledge. I've got to be filled with the Spirit of God. Man, I need God's Holy Spirit to absolutely take over everything. My words, my thoughts, my parenting, everything. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let's all stand tonight, if you will. Father, I pray somehow that you'll take the message. God, I wanted to. I wanted to do much better, and I feel like I did tonight. But God, I pray that, that you'll take the message. Lord, several, several weeks ago, you showed me this. God, I've always felt like I needed the filling of God's Holy Spirit, but Lord, I just realize now that 
I need every fiber filled with the Holy Ghost. God, I want your words to be in my mouth. I want your thoughts to be in my mind. Lord, I need your feeling tonight. I can't depend on talent, personality, or knowledge. God, I've got to have you. I've got to have the promise of the Father. God, tonight I pray that you'll burn the hearts of our people. Lord, a Sunday school teacher, and I know we're not having Sunday school right now, but it won't be long. A Sunday school teacher that would say, Lord, I've got to have your feeling. A dad, a mom who would say, Lord, we've got to have your feeling. Lord, tonight, have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, I pray. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. We're going to let the invitation go for just a, a moment. And if you need to come tonight, the altar's open. Listen, if you need prayer, we'll be here to pray with you. You come tonight while we wait. Uh, while we wait, you come to see us.